Welcome to Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written. We're delighted that you could join us again this week as we take a look at lesson number two. We are looking at God's mission to us, part two, or as you might call it, the mission of God. We are on a 13-week journey now, taking a look at God's mission and my mission. Let's begin this week with prayer. Father, we want to thank you again for being with us this week as we continue to look at the importance of us understanding our mission as it relates to your mission. And we ask that you will bless us in this, and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we're delighted again this week to have with us Kleber Gonsalves. He is the director of the Center for Secular and Post-Christian Mission. Kleber, welcome back. Thank you. So this week, we're looking kind of at part two of last week, and this week is essentially the mission of God. Um, help us to understand this a little bit better. We we looked, we got to start last week and looking at God's character and so forth. And this week, we're kind of, we're looking at things slightly differently. We're looking at it from a little different perspective, but but continuing to emphasize and dwell a little bit deeper, drill a little bit deeper um, into this. When we look at God, we've got the Father, we have the Son, we have the Holy Spirit. They're all involved, as it were, in saving souls. What about this should motivate us when it comes to us desiring to reach out to others? When we get an idea of who God is and what he is, how he is, why he is, why should that give us encouragement? Hmm. Actually, it's important for us never forget, Eric, that uh, mission starts in him. You see, it's this triune approach, the triune God, the Trinity approach to mission. The Father sent the Son, the Son sent the Holy Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit sent us, the church, those who accept his mission in our own lives to share with, with others. I would say that this connecting point with what we have shared in, on week one is that since this mission belongs to him, it's God's mission. We, it will not fail. It will not fail. You see, we have nothing to fear, as I have mentioned. Right now, we just need to understand how can we be used as channels, as agents of mission in that process. So understand that mission is centered in God himself. It gives us the motivation and, and even the inspiration for us to find ways to really fulfill what he wants, because that's his desire, to share his love, to share his purposes, uh, that he has shared with me, with you, with those uh, around us. So I'd say that that understanding should give us the motivation to move forward in that direction. So he is by nature a missional God. It's in the way he's built, composed. He, he just, he is missional. And he calls us to take part in that, that mission work. In, in fact, the Great Commission is about making disciples. If we are to go and make disciples, what does that mean? What is, what's involved in that? Jesus didn't just say, go and make church members. There's a difference between being a member of the church and being a disciple. And in many people's minds, there's not everybody sees the importance of being a disciple on a personal level. Hmm. What, what's the difference between being a church member and a disciple? And should there be a difference between being a church member and a disciple? Help us to understand this. Well, that's, that's an excellent question. Actually, when you talk about discipleship, disciple-making, everything starts with us, with me, with you. 
Because in order to fulfill the Great Commission, which is centered in that command, make disciples, the imperative force of the Great Commission is exactly on that action, making disciples. How? We need to go, we need to baptize, we need to teach. But that's the purpose, to make disciples. But Eric, we cannot make a disciple if we are not one. It starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with a journey that we have to have with him in our relationship with God. Then we can understand his love, his purposes, his mission. Then we, we, we need to share with others. Making disciples, it, it is the, the central point of uh, who we should be as a Christian. Actually, discipleship is not basically centered in what you know, what we can learn, what we can uh, hear or listen from other people. No, no, no. It's centering, who am I? Who are you? It's who we are in our lives. So then we understand that we can take, as Paul says in Ephesians 5, making the most of every single opportunity to live Christianity, to live Adventism in our own life, is to share with others in every single opportunity who we are, making disciples, helping others also to follow on that path. So being a disciple is more an identity. It's some someone that we are, something that we are, not something that we know. So there's nobody, nobody needs to be, and I'm, I'm trying to be careful how I say this, nobody has to be uh, qualified to be a disciple. You don't have to have some sort of uh, letters after your name to be a disciple or a prefix before your name or or hold a position in order to be a disciple. If you are a Christian, if you are a believer in Christ, you're you're called to also be a disciple. How important is is mm-hmm. that in in understanding in, in if if we are indeed to share the message with the world, which he's called us to do, which we know is going to happen. How important is is that understanding of who I am as a Christian being a disciple? How important is that to grasp? The moment we accept Christ in our own lives, we start this journey of, actually, even before the Spirit is already working with us, but we, we, we have this privilege of becoming a disciple of Christ. You see? And, uh, but we, need to, we don't need to go through theological training. You see, you don't need to go through a seminary to be a No, no, no. Actually, simply use the gifts that the Lord has given us in every area in which we can really use our passions, who we are, to share God's love with other people. So discipleship is this awareness that no matter who you are, you see, you have to be and to go through that transformation, but in such a way that the Lord will use you in the circumstances of your own life. So we cannot make this distinction. Every single person who comes to to be part of this body in which Christ is the head has the privilege, you see, and to, to really share and to really live that experience with God, with other people. So everybody gets the opportunity, the privilege of, of being a part of that, that mission strategy that God has had since the beginning. You know, it's the very beginning. God has had this desire for his people to share his message with others. And we, we look at the Old Testament and the New Testament, and um, some people have this idea that the Old Testament is so very, very different from the New Testament, and, and others not so different. But there is a, there's 
a, a subtle change, if you will, in the mission strategy there. Help us understand this Old Testament, New Testament dynamic of the, uh, of the mission strategy and hmm. what happened there. Actually, Eric, when we see, for instance, Abraham's call, you see, the Lord comes to him and says, you will be a blessing. I'll be with you. So in, in God's uh, plan in the Old Testament, you see the nation of Israel in such a way that uh, they would attract through the blessings that the Lord will put on them. You see, we call this this centripetal way of doing mission, in which the nations would see the blessings. They would come and they would ask, why are you blessed that way? So that would be an opportunity for them to witness and to proclaim and to show to every single nation who God was. In the New Testament, we see a subtle change, as you have mentioned, in which now we need to not simply attract people to us, but we need to go to people. So that's the main difference, is this centrifugal way of doing mission. You see, following the Great Commission, which we need to to go, we need to, to, to baptize, to teach people, in a way in which we are making disciples. So that's basically, instead of just being there and waiting for the others, we have the opportunity to share through our lives, going everywhere, going to every single corner of this planet, showing God's love and, and His mercy and, 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 and His wonderful blessings in our own lives, so people can see. The best way to really demonstrate and to show Christ is through our experience with Him. So that's the privilege that we have, especially in this subtle change from the Old to the New Testament. So an Old Testament was largely just drawing people to, to see what, so that they could see, or because they would see what God was doing. Now, God's still working within the body, as it were, but we have this very clear commission to go also. Uh, I think maybe some people today believe they're at least missionally believe they're still living, living in Old Testament times and just <laughs> hoping that people will come to them and, and say, well, maybe if people just see the good life I'm living or, or whatever, that, that they'll come and ask me. And there's nothing wrong with living a good life and hoping that people will ask, but there's also that very explicit command to go as well. Do you think that if we, if we live Old Testament I don't know that that's a word, but I'm going I'm to coin a new word today. If we live with an Old Testament mindset, are we missing any opportunities that may be out there that God is giving if we don't actively look at outreach? Actually, we need to see the Bible as a whole. God's purpose was to show his character, his love. You see, in the Old Testament, we see this attractional mode in which people would come and see the blessings, and it was the opportunity for them to witness, and that's the point. I think that today, uh, Eric, we need to really use every single opportunity, every single uh, new technology, every single m- circumstance in our lives to really make the most important decision, which is to make us available to God so He can use us. So this surrender, it's what we need. It's this understanding. Lord, as I have mentioned to you, use me in, 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 in the minor things in life. See, many times in the routine of our lives, it's an opportunity for us to share. So we need to be more intentional. That's the word that I would like to express. Intentionality in mission. If it is important to Him, should be important to us, living 
our lives in such a way that he can use us to connect with those who are around us. And, and he is an intentionally missional God in the way that he is reaching out to humanity, in the way he's really reaching out to, to the universe. Uh, he is a giving God, and we have that opportunity to, to respond to that in kind and, and be giving individuals of, of his love as well. And again, I want to remind you, if you didn't happen to pick it up last week, you have another opportunity this week. If you're enjoying this and want to learn more about how you can be involved in God's mission, to be a part of, of his desire to share his love with the rest of the world, make sure that you don't miss the opportunity to pick up the companion book to this quarter's Sabbath school lesson. And of course, you can pick it up at itiswritten.shop. Again, itiswritten.shop. And you'll find the companion book to this quarter's Sabbath school lesson that will give you deeper insights, additional research, more value from these lessons, something that you do not want to miss. We're going to come back in just a moment and we're going to, to continue looking at the mission of God as we continue our time here with Kleber Gonsalves. We'll be back in just a moment. The Bible is filled with stories of flawed human beings God called to serve Him in incredible ways. He took a violent, impulsive, racist fisherman and transformed him into one of Jesus' closest disciples and one of the most influential leaders of the early church. Join me for another episode of our series, Great Characters of the Bible, as we look at the life of Peter. Peter was far from perfect. He was overly confident. He made promises he didn't keep. But his experience is an encouragement to anyone who knows the feeling of messing up as a follower of Jesus, of falling short, and wondering if you'll ever get it right. God stuck with Peter and helped him grow. And if you let him, he'll do the same for you. Great characters of the Bible. Peter, brought to you by It Is Written TV. Thank you for remembering that It Is Written exists because of the kindness of people just like you. To support this international life-changing ministry, please call us now at 800-253-3000. You can send your tax-deductible gift to the address on your screen, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. Thank you for your prayers and for your financial support. Our number again is 800-253-3000, or you can visit us online at itiswritten.com. Welcome back to Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written. We're continuing our study on week number two, lesson number two, the mission of God. Clever, uh, let's start by talking about this or asking this question. What is the mission? We're supposed to be involved in the mission. We need to know what the mission is, because if you ask 100 different people, you'll probably get 100 different answers That's on true. what it is. Why are we here? What is our mission? Let's let's make it simple. What is the mission that God has given us that we desire by his grace and strength to complete? What's this mission? My answer is a question to you. What was Christ's mission? Hmm. He said clearly, he came to seek and save the lost. So that's what we have to do. How through the process of making disciples, sharing God's love. So we need to understand that uh, we're not simply creating a new thing. You're just following the steps of our master. So in order to really seek, to look for, 
ways to make that bridge with those who don't know anything about God's love, those who are subjects of his love. And also, um, uh, we need intentionality in mission and to understand that what he wants through us. So it's to find ways to look for those who simply don't have, not simply the, the knowledge, the information, but who can really understand and, and live that experience with God. So he's calling us to seek and to save the lost. And he wants us to be his witnesses mm-hmm. in the world. How does, what does that look like if we're supposed to take the gospel to all the world? He says, seek and save the lost in all the world. I, I live near Chattanooga, Tennessee. I've got a little area here that I can reach. I, I do a little bit of traveling. And I can reach an area here and here. How are we supposed to reach the entire world to seek and save the lost from, from one corner of the world to the other? What does that look like for, we'll call them an average person, hmm. an average person? What is God calling them to do? And what might God be calling them to do if they were to uh, reach out a little bit further, expand their horizons? Maybe God has a mission field that's here. Maybe he has a mission field somewhere else. What, what does it mean to, to be my witness? Actually, if you allow me, uh, let's divide this in two parts. First one, let's focus on the word witness. When Christ was uh, going back home, See, he told his first disciples and to all of us, you'll be my witness. And this is something that we need to understand. You see, what is a witness? So when you, when you participate in this process of a trial, see, and so you have to call the witness, the person. And, and if you are in front of a judge and the judge asks, oh, tell me what you have. You cannot say, you know what, my neighbor told me. Or that person, a friend of mine, told me what? No, no, no. To be a witness, you, it, those prerequisites is to see and to hear. Basically, you have to be part of the experience. You have to be involved somehow in what has happened. So basically, we need to understand this. To be a witness is to share our own story. It is what we have experienced with, with God. So that's a, a fundamental aspect of, of this witnessing thing. So that's why it's so important this relationship with him so we can really share in an appropriate way with those around us. The second part is this expansion, as you have said. You see, it's interesting that Jesus says, uh, he told his disciples, you start in Jerusalem and then you go to Judea and then you go to Samaria and to the ends of the world, the earth. Where do, should we start? Jerusalem, that's where they were. We need to start with those around us, those who are closest to us. See, we need to start with our family members, with our neighbors, with our loved ones, those who are really near. Start with, with those we have uh, daily connections. That's where we should start mission. Many times you have this concern, I need to share, I need to give Bible, and we forget those who are so close to us. Family members, extended family. We need to make sure we are intentional about this. Then Christ mentioned Judea. You see, they were talking, I mean, using the same language, but not so close. You see, there was a kind of a difference, you see, geographical difference, the same area. Same thing with us. We can take advantage of the opportunities we have with people who they talk the same language, they have the same culture. So we have easier ways to connect. 
Then he mentions Samaria. They were a little uh, further away. You see, uh, probably same language, but a kind of different culture. So we need to understand those differences until the end of the world. Those who don't speak the same language, those who don't have the same culture, the thing is intentionality. In other words, we need to reach every single one. The question is, where should I start? And of course, some of us will have the privilege uh, of, 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 of the opportunity to serve far away, overseas. Take it, but don't, to be a missionary, it does not mean that you have to cross an ocean. To be a missionary, especially in this urban world that we live today, is just cross the streets of your city. You will find people who do not know God's love, and you have the opportunity to share and to be the witness, to tell them your story with him. You know, I I think you, you touch on something very important there. Sometimes, if we go on a mission trip, it's, it's almost as if in our minds a switch is flipped that now I'm going to share my faith because I'm going on a mission trip. But we may not realize that when we're at home, we're on a mission trip. When we're at work, we're on a mission trip. When we're at class, we're on a mission trip. Everywhere we go, we're on a mission trip. We just may not have to travel as far as we would have to to go to the other side of the world. And maybe if we had that switch flipped in our day-to-day life... Hmm we might even be more effective as a missionary than if we went on a mission trip to the other side of the globe. So as you, as you mentioned, it's about intentionality and being intentional where I am in, in Jerusalem as opposed to only being intentional or being more intentional, maybe I'll put it that way, when I intentionally go someplace else. Interesting. Think with me. When you say, I will be on a mission trip. So when you're not there, what are you doing? A real Christian, a real Seventh-day Adventist, is always on a mission trip, on a mission journey. It's using every single moment in, of my life to share God's love with those around me. So that change in our lives, it has to happen. And it starts with that understanding of God's mission and how it can really motivate us to to move forward in that direction. And if the gospel is going to go to all the world, it's going to start right where I am, right with the people that I'm, that I'm interacting with. We talk about sharing the gospel, and that's, it's important. It's what we're called to do, um, to seek and to save the lost. We're called to take the gospel to them. But not, not any gospel. It's an eternal gospel. What is this eternal gospel, and why is it important for us to understand the significance of the eternal gospel as opposed to just a gospel that may be flitting around out there. That's a very important aspect. Actually, God's Word, we find everything we need to understand mission and to live mission according to His dreams and purposes to our lives. We know what to do, which is simply doing what Christ has done when He came. But uh, what should we share? The totality of God's teachings to us. And... uh, we we have been blessed by this uh, understanding and knowledge of the eternal gospel. And we see this so clear in, in Revelation 14. And those two words, eternal, it means it does not change. It has not changed. It will not change in the future. So it's the totality. You see how important it is for us to live according to his purposes, to live in obedience to his teachings, 
So we need to make sure that everything that he has showed us, it's involved in this sharing of the good news, something that really brings hope. It's, it's good. It's news. So it brings happiness to our lives. So people can really uh, see in us the eternal gospel in a practical way. So we want people to see the eternal gospel in us. The gospel hasn't changed. Um, people really haven't changed much either, if you stop and think about it. As, as Christians, a lot of people for a lot of years have been kind of hesitant. Maybe there's a fear of one kind or another. What if I say something wrong? What if I do something wrong? But how could all of us be more fully engaged in God's mission to accomplish what he's called us to do and overcome some of the, maybe we feel inadequate to share. What, what are some ways that we can all be fully engaged in this? Maybe a, a mindset shift or a, a heart change or shift. What could we do to be more involved so that we can experience the blessing that comes from being a part of this sharing of the everlasting gospel? Hmm. Eric, we, we live today in, in different times. You see, we don't live in the 70s anymore. The 80s, 2000 is gone. We live in a different circumstance. I think many times we are so anxious to share information with people that we feel, we, I don't know everything. What about if the person asks something that I don't know how to answer? So we get kind of scared and then we kind of put aside the privilege of doing mission. Information is important, I would say. We need to know, we need to do our very best to share information, but we need to share something else. It's the sharing of ourselves. It's to make sure that people can see in us our story, our relationship with Christ. Today, that's one of the most powerful tools we can use. It's when people can see, they can, they can sense that God is priority in our lives in our dealings uh, on an everyday basis, you see, in the business we do, in the way we treat people, in the way we treat our family. People are always looking. I would say it's one of the most important opportunities we have to share Bible knowledge through our lives. So that's a way in which all of us can be involved. It's simply making sure that what I live with him, I can share with others on a daily basis. So letting God shine through us, letting our lives be a powerful, positive witness for others. Don't have to know the answer to everything. Doesn't hurt to know the answer to one or two things. Praise the Lord for that. But if you can just let people see Jesus in you and in him living through you, that's powerful. In just the, the few moments we have left, if somebody was saying, I want to do that. I'm a little scared because I don't know what I'm going to face. What words of encouragement would you give them? I would, I would tell you that... Uh just make sure that uh, you understand his love to you, that he wants to use you. It's a matter of surrender. Put yourself in his hands. And as I have mentioned last time we were together, just pray in sincerity in your heart, Lord, use me. And he will. He will use you, use you everywhere you are uh, to fulfillment of his mission. Fantastic. Clever, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate how you've launched us into this quarter's lesson. And we have yet... Uh, a ways to go. And we're excited about having you join us as we continue looking at God's mission and my mission. We'll be back again next week as we continue this journey. Until then, 
God bless you, and we'll see you next time on Sabbath School, brought to you by It Is Written. Thank you.